0: Welcome to the final run, the end of the end, the swan song, the last hurrah, the twilight cruise, the whatever you want to call it, the first of the last three shows. Welcome to the end of the Dead & Company 2023 tour. I'm Dave. I will be going solo uh, for the last time for these DNC and 23 recaps and precaps. Today we are talking about last night's show from Friday, July 14th at Oracle Park in San Francisco, California, the first of three nights at Oracle to close out the tour. Their last time out was the two-night run at the Gorge, which got great reviews for how heady and how energetic the music was playing at the Gorge Amphitheater in Washington State. Now they are on to the, the end of the run, and this is only going to be Dead & Company's second time playing at Oracle Park in San Francisco, uh, the stadium where the San Francisco Giants play. The last time they played there, the park was still called AT&T Park. Uh, and if you have never, if you're not a baseball fan and you have never seen or watched a game or seen pictures of now Oracle Park, I encourage you to look it up. It is one of the most beautiful stadiums along with uh, PNC in Pittsburgh. It's just so picturesque and it has the famous McCovey Cove in right Field where the wall dips down. The stadium is known for uh, kayakers who go out in the cove and wait for a fly ball to come out from right Field and leave the stadium and enter the bay um, back in the day when when i was growing up um Barry bonds was on the giants and as a left-handed hitter he pulled a lot of home runs over that wall and into the cove just a a, a beautiful stadium in a beautiful location and a a beautiful place to end end this run in their in their hometown so this is a goodest spot as ending to to wrap it up anyway the last time out was in 2017 Uh, where the band performed as part of the Band Together Bay Area benefit concert for uh, Northern California Bay Area Fire Relief. Um, So it's been a minute since they've been to to this location, Um, and it's their first time playing under the moniker of Oracle Park. Let's get on with the show. What did they play last night? Set one began at 7.19 Pacific Time. And the band came on stage with a little bit of a surprise for an opener. They came on with Not Fade Away. They played about half to two-thirds of Not Fade Away. We'll talk about what that means in a little bit. But Not Fade Away into Shakedown Street, into Cold Rain and Snow to start it up, and then Ramble on Rose, Brown-Eyed Women, New Speedway Boogie, and Warfrat into Don't Ease Me In, to end set one at about 8.34. So Not Fade Away, they came out with it, and I thought, huh, interesting surprise, but obviously very fitting, telling the crowd that to know that their love will not fade away as they then play the music the rest of the night. They stopped Not Fade Away before the end of the song, and so that leads me to believe that we are due for A not fade away sandwich or a sandwich with not fade away bread if you will they opened the first show with it they did not reprise it tonight and so i believe that near the end of night three we will get a not fade away reprise to close the loop on this whole this whole thing of knowing that the love of the dead and dead and company will not fade away that's bigger picture. And in, in this particular Not Fade Away, Kementi and Bob were crushing it. Bob's tone on his guitar was perfect. His vocal delivery was excellent. Uh, we've mentioned it before here, but we think that the rest really helps Bob. And that really rang true last night. Kementi was really dialed in from the first note and he was really taking charge in the piano. Uh, near the end of Not Fade Away, just a very cool moment. To kind of wind it down and transition to Shakedown Street, I don't have stats for you, but I can't imagine that they've ever done not fade away into Shakedown to open a show. So they kind of had to get it right, and they they being Bob, John, and O'Teal, came together in the middle of the stage to wind it down together, and they were really in sync with each other um, as they all stood there and wound out of not fade to we- not fade away into the shakedown the cup first couple notes of shakedown after the shakedown street and cold rain and snow um due to some tech difficulties i missed those so i popped back in for the ramble on rose shout out to my friends jeff and rachel who just recently had a baby Um, the baby is happy and healthy and did you say her name was madeline rose so a a a warm congratulations to Jeff and Rachel and their new baby, um, who I'm gonna, I'm gonna at least pretend is is named in part for, for this song. The brown-eyed Women was a, a standout of this first set, like it often is. Um, does it feel good to to nail this pick in estimated profits? Yes, but it feels even better to be treated to. One more ripper of a brown-eyed woman that John Mayer has just put his stamp on and really, really owned in his tenure at Dead & Company. Uh, Although this final version is, I think, going to be remembered a little more for Kementi's contribution than Mayer, Kementi gave fan service with a just absolute heater of a piano solo that he didn't want to end. I mean, he kept it going a few extra measures when you can tell the drummers were kind of winding him down with big fills, and then he kept exploding for more and more. I, I think he refused to quit. I don't think he wanted to stop playing this. And uh, it it made for an excellent brown-eyed woman. The next song, New Speedway Boogie, this is, I think, where Mare really got going and, and hit his stride in set one. He had some some great little licks um, in New Speedway, and he had some some great guitar faces uh, as he stood over by Kamenti's piano and the two of them collaborated and, and had their continued bromance. Uh, the new Speedway was, was handwritten in on the set list. So I'm curious to know what, what would have been played instead, but that's not where the music took him. The music took him to the new Speedway. And, and so that's what they, that's what they delivered. And then it was bedtime on the on the East Coast. It was bedtime for me. It was about 11.15 Eastern time at that point. And uh, when you wake up at 5.30 for work, you, you can't make it much longer. So I missed the Warfarat and the Don't Ease. But I, I think a set one Warfarat is very interesting. And then the Don't Ease has been just a solid set one closer the entire tour. But particularly in the back half of the tour... Ever since they played it to close the set in Philadelphia, they've really been using that as a vehicle to get into the set break, and they've been really crushing it every time. At halftime, they aired the Dead Air interview with John Mayer, and I don't usually go back and re-watch the halftime interviews, but I did hear, and I would encourage you to do so as well. John Mayer had a lot of, a lot of interesting nuggets that he dropped, in the interviews, a few that I thought were really important and uh, noteworthy to talk about was first that the sugar magnolia into scarlet begonias into sunshine daydream, little sweet that they've done a couple times this tour. That was John Mayer's idea, and he kind of approached the band to to pitch that. And he talked about how the first time they tried it in Chicago, it was a little clunky, and how the second time they tried it. In Colorado, was one of his favorite transitions they've ever done as a band. So that's a big deal, and I would encourage you to go hear more on that. Uh, the Dark Star and the Big River jam that they've pulled out a few times this tour from when they busted it out in Boston, uh, that was all Bob's idea. So, you know, 60 years into playing music and Bob is still coming out with with new ideas and new ways to shake it up, which is incredible. Um, and it had this mentality of, uh, well, let's see if this works. Let's find out. And then more focusing on himself and the end of Dead & Company, some of the things that John Mayer said were that some of the final takes on these songs, quote, might purposefully have these emphatic, different take on them, uh, end quote. Which I thought was interesting that they they might not sound the same like they've played the other two or three hundred times, but they're going to go out with the way they want to go out, and I think that that's interesting. And then it does sound like there will not be a continued Dead and Company tour, meaning featuring John Mayer. Uh, he talked about how. If this is the final exam, uh, he's glad that it ends here and ends on this run because he said he doesn't think he's going to be driving down the street listening to these shows saying, ah, let me get back in there. So it sounds like he has no regrets about going out and going out when the band is really at its peak and playing the best they've ever played and playing still new versions of songs and fun versions of songs they played before. So I encourage you to go check that interview out and to see how Mare genuinely came across as both, you know, humble and happy to be talking about the end of of Dead and Company. It was you know, obviously I would love this to continue on for as long as it can, but it did reassure me a little bit to know that in his mind he thinks that they're doing the right thing and, and that was comforting in a way. And then at 9:08 the band came out for set 2. Set 2, the most common set 2 opener in the Grateful Dead's history, China Cat Sunflower into I Know You Rider, and then He's Gone into Scarlet Begonias into Fire on the Mountain, then Drums and in Space into A Dark Star on the Big River Jam into Standing on the Moon. And then Casey Jones, followed by U.S. Blues, to close out the set. And then a Knocking on Heaven's Door encore. The China Rider, really, it felt nice to hear them come out with this. I thought they might have saved a a couple of these songs that were in this set, but in particular, China Rider, for the last night in San Francisco, just because of the, you know, the you're going to miss me when I'm gone element. But they didn't. They came out with it to open set two a lot of cowbell from mickey on this version which that was fun and a lot of moving and grooving from john he was all over the stage you know he was going to to hover over kamenti and then he was going to play in front of mickey and you know bounce with him so john was just really getting into it and uh playing wise kamenti matched him note for note it was a it was a very very strong a little slow but a strong china and then into an, an excellent rider. And one of the best parts about rider was not the music, but actually the light show. The sun gonna shine on the, my back porch someday part, it came out with, you know, these orangey sunset colored lights that came over the crowd. And then as they've done the whole tour, the wish I was a headlight part of the light show lit up the entire stadium. I mean, you could see all the way into the back row in the upper deck um, these set openers are available for free on YouTube. I encourage you to check out the light show from the Rider half. Uh, it's it's been excellent all tour, and it continued to be excellent in what is most likely their final China Rider. The musicians came together and and had a very nice um, "Gonna miss me when I'm gone" vocal section to to send this last Cat Rider out with some emotion uh, near the end. I'd want to talk about the Fire on the Mountain because taped over who is singing Fire on the Mountain on the set list is OB, which is O'Teal, because O'Teal usually sings this song. Um, it begs the question, what was underneath O'Teal next to Fire on the Mountain? Who was supposed to sing it? Uh, my theory, and I've seen this in a couple posts on the Dead and Company subreddit, uh, was, well, I mean, who else sings Fire Mickey Hart. Um, so the theory is that Mickey was most likely supposed to rap Fire on the Mountain for their last time playing it. But then Oteil stepped up and began to sing and and that's where the music took him. Uh, so I don't know if Mickey decided he didn't want to do it. I don't know it. I don't know why that change happened, but that change did happen. You know, kind of a bummer would have been neat to hear Mickey seize the mic for it. But uh, who knows the dark star and the big river jam is interesting i i think that that they're gonna play a dark star proper in san francisco either tonight or tomorrow but i mean who knows and then standing on the moon is a song that i like china rider i thought that they would save for night three um because of the standing in san francisco on a back porch in july but they came out with it in in night one, and then from there into Casey Jones, which is a song that they have just been nailing this entire tour. I, there has not been a a hint of negativity when reviewing or listening or discussing these Casey Joneses, these Casey's Jones, uh, this entire run. Finally, for the Knocking on Heaven's Door encore, there is a beautiful photo that uh, somebody posted in the Dead & Company subreddit of what was on the screen and what the light show was like during the song. And on the screen was just a, a lovely black and white smiling photo of an, of an old grizzled Jerry on the screen. And I can't imagine that there were many dry eyes in, in Oracle Park when, when that flashed across across the screen. Uh, i encourage you to to go try to find that picture it's not too hard um, but it's a a beautiful still image of um, what i hope was a a beautiful moment for the people in attendance or or watching over video so that's what they did on friday the 14th the band's next show is tonight on saturday the 15th at the same spot still in oracle park Uh, and heads up for tonight Alex will be in the barn for the second show. He will be in attendance. We got an excellent email in our inbox, and I don't want to out who it's from, but they had a pretty simple question for us, and I want to take a couple minutes to answer it. What does in the barn mean? The term is used often. That was the email we received. And it's a great question. In the barn just means you are physically present. You're there. You're at the sporting event. You were at the the show. You you know you went to the wedding. You were in the barn for the wedding. Um, I talked about Madeline Rose and Jeff and Rachel's new baby earlier. Jeff was in the delivery room. He's in the barn for the birth of his baby. It just means you're there. So Alex is gonna be there. He's gonna be in the barn for night two and night two only he will not be at sunday show so for him i am hoping that they play some good stuff um, tonight later on tonight and what is that good stuff what are they going to play well we are going to dive into estimated profits this is the the last run the final push for points in estimated profits alex got both his points from friday's show with his Warfrat and China Cat guesses. I only went 1 for 2. Um but Alex gets the first pick tonight and he I think he's taking he's taking the easy call, but I think he's taking the right call in One More Saturday Night. I think for their last Saturday show, they've they're going to go out and play One More Saturday Night too. But that's his pick. He's done what must be done. I'm going to go with Cumberland Blues as my my first selection, and then I get the, the double, and I'm going to double down. I thought they were going to do Help Slip Frank on night one, so why not double down on night two? I'm going to go with Franklin's Tower for my next selection and hope that that pays off. And then Alex has the last selection, and I think his first selection was, was really, he took an easy strategy pick. He's Wishful Thinking with his second pick because one of our favorite collective songs and one of our favorites that Mare has kind of reimagined and, and seized as his own is Deal. And so Alex's second selection is Deal. What are your selections? Let us know through Twitter at WorkingMansPod, Instagram at WorkingMans underscore uh, You can go to the Dead & Company subreddit that I have referenced a couple times in this episode and find the post there with our selections and comment underneath or you can send us an email at workingmanspod at gmail.com. Before signing off here, I want to just go over an outline of our next, our plan for the the end of this run, uh, what's going to be our next two shows. There is not going to be a, a DNC in 23 episode that comes out on Sunday. We are going to pack both, tonight's show Saturday the 15th and Sunday's finale into one double episode that will be released on Monday the 17th the reason for doing that is we kind of we wanted to talk about these last three shows as one big suite um, but didn't want the episode to be too too long and then also because Alex is going to be in attendance tonight, it's only it's going to be a better product to, to get his input and since he won't be able to record sunday since he's traveling back to the east coast it makes more sense to wait until monday so on monday there will be a kind of double-sized dnc in in i can't say in 23 it will certainly be longer but a, a larger bonus sized episode that breaks down the last two shows and then the next day, on Tuesday the 18th, as we transition back into our regular Tuesday schedule, we're going to have a, a recap episode where we discuss and break down our big-picture thoughts on the tour as a whole, and we'll have some fun in there with selecting favorite songs, favorite sets, favorite shows, uh, stuff like that. We will also reveal the winner of Estimated Profits in that Tuesday episode. So please don't miss that, especially if you are one of the the select few, the the top four who are in contention for the, the prize pack. So that's our plan for the next few days. Again, if you are going, try to find Alex. He'll be in Oracle Park. If you are couch touring like me, let's sit back, relax, and enjoy these last two shows. That's going to do it for... This DNC in 23, and we will be back Monday to wrap it all up. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for joining us on this journey. It's hard to believe it's it's wrapping up soon. But regardless, know our love will not fade away. <laughs>